Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? to this series called Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. It's under our Curious Corner category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, 
jf.foundation. That is j-a-e-f.foundation. I'm excited about this series. We are going to be talking about probably two of the most important ancient realms, and yet they are the focal point of our being and existence. And we are going to explore how these two ancient realms affect each other to move the things that we see with our natural eyes. I think this is going to be epic. The first one is the quantum faith realm, a conduit for the spirit realm. The second is the quantum physics realm. Now, we're all familiar with the word physics, and I'm going to assume that at some point during your school life, you studied about physics. Now, lucky for you, there won't be any take-home assignments after listening to this podcast. Anyways, we all know that our natural world, or this physical world that we live in, is governed by natural law. That is, laws of physics. Like the law of gravity, or the law of lift that enables you to fly across the world, and so forth. Now, there is an interesting subject within physics that has emerged. It's called quantum physics or quantum mechanics. And it has turned the whole physics world on its head. It has turned the whole physics world upside down. Why is that so? Because it operates contrary to the laws of classical physics that we have grown accustomed to. What makes quantum physics really interesting is that it operates very similar to how things operate in the spirit realm, that is, in the kingdom of God. What do we know? Turns out Jesus' miracles, such as walking on water, weren't just myths and fables. So we are going to explore these two realms and see how they feed off of each other because our lives are directly affected by each one of them. Now, if you've listened to one of our series called Science is God's Playground, you've probably heard me make this statement. There are two realms, the spirit realm and the natural realm. The spirit realm is cause and the natural realm is effects, hence cause and effects. So in this series, we are going to connect the main force in the spirit realm called faith or quantum faith and its cousin from the unseen physics world called quantum or quantum physics. This will show us how this notion of cause and effects comes into play, how the physical world runs on top of the spirit realm, and how they are always constantly interacting with each other. talking about something you can't possibly see, but it is what makes up everything in the universe. I mean, can you explain photons to me? Do you see photons in the room? Do you see photons when you go outside? Those are subatomic particles of light, and yet these things are everyday life in sunlight. Everything we see that's light is made up of the quantum realm, and when you look at a table, and it looks solid, you're gonna put a book on it or your cup of coffee on it, it looks solid. 
but it's really not solid. There's space between the atoms. There's space between the, the nucleus of the atom and the electron. So if you could really see on the quantum level, you would see that that table is not at all solid. And secondly, and most exciting, is you would see that it's moving. That table is not sitting still. It's moving. There's a vibration of particles. And that is the quantum world. And we interact with it every day. Well, everything God created is full of life. Everything God created is full of life. How could he create anything that is not full of life? So just as I talked about the tabletop, if you could see on the quantum level, it's not dead, it's not static, there's a vibrating frequency there, there's movement, there's life there. And so here we are, we're alive, I think you'd acknowledge that, and we are interacting with everything in this world that is also alive. It is full of life. And so our relationship with all the things in the world that are alive are determined by what we say about it, what we think about it, our perception of it, and so we are life interacting with all of God's creation that's full of life. There's a parallel plane in the realm of the spirit. The spirit world is the unseen world, what we can't see. And yet everything we do see was created from the unseen realm. There was nothing seen when God said, let there be light. There was, nothing, there was not light. God is a spirit. So he spoke spirit words, and spirit words created matter. It formed the world, it formed the hills, the mountains, it formed everything we see here in life. All matter is created by the spirit realm. And in the realm of the spirit, you know, we, we talk about angels, we can't see them, and yet in a parallel plane, they are there, they are operating. In one famous incident in the Old Testament, the prophet asked that the eyes of his servant be opened, and he saw that there were horses and chariots and angels everywhere. So if our eyes were open right now, we could see in the realm of the spirit and see angels and spirit beings, horses, whatever that God has created there. And yet, we can't see it with our physical eye. The spirit realm operates on a different frequency and we have no instrument in our physical body to see into that realm unless God opens our eyes through a gift of the Spirit and then we're enabled to see into that invisible realm that is real exists and guess what the spirit realm will never perish it will never die God created man and woman and what in his image and in his likeness to do what to have authority over the earth, to have dominion over the earth, to rule and reign, how? In the same way God created it, through their words. What's really fascinating to me is that the more I understand our planet Earth, the more I understand about heaven. And the more I understand about heaven, the more I understand about our planet. You see, Earth was intended, it was always intended to be a copy of heaven. That's why when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he said, Thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is already done in heaven. I mean, 
you just have to look around and examine how a certain system functions here on earth and you will have some pretty good insight on how the original in heaven operates and looks like. Let's take online shopping for example. When you go onto an online store to make a purchase, it's nothing but a faith transaction. It really is nothing but a trust transaction. That's all that it is. For starters, you can't touch the product, you can't smell it, you can't hear it, you can't taste it, and you can't see it. You can only see a picture of it and see the reviews about it. But those two things, the pictures and the reviews, they give you enough trust in the vendor to go ahead and make the purchase. This is how God's kingdom operates. We can't see it with our natural eyes. We can't hear it. We can't taste it. We can't smell it or even touch it. But we look at the reviews and images we see described in the Bible. And this gives us enough faith. It builds up enough faith within us to go ahead and make the purchase. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For God calls those things which do not be, He calls them real, cause they're real. You see, I didn't write this, the evidence is in the world. Thank you for tuning in to the pre-show. Welcome back to episode 8 of Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. We've been on an interesting journey. In the last episode, just to briefly recap some of the things that we discussed is we were talking about this force field of faith. And we said that God gave mankind access through a renewed, incorruptible, born-again spirit, and this was through Jesus Christ as the password to obtain that access. We also talked about Jesus Christ as Savior, saving us from the limitations of the classical realms, like classical physics, like classical medicine, like um, classical limitations of the limitations of society's identity, standard of identity, you know, the physical standard, you know, the appearance that you need to be, the amount of money that you need to have, the kind of house that you need to live in. So these were some of the 
the pillars of limitations that Jesus was tearing down. The hierarchies, so to say. It, it wasn't just about performing miracles and, 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 and showing people how to walk on water, how to raise the dead, how to see, heal the sick. But there was also oppression from society. There was a demonic oppression. There was mental illnesses. This isn't the first time that we're seeing a heightened um, epidemic of mental illness. Mental illness was one of the things that Jesus dealt with. One of the first things that he dealt with when he started his ministry. So we talked about that when Jesus said in his famous sermon on the mountain, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. He was basically saying, do not worry. The father has opened, God the father has opened access to his realm of all possibilities in every area of your life. Whether it's your physical health, whether it's your mental faculties, whether it's your finances, whether it's your creativity, whether it's your marriage, whether it's science, medicine, you name it. He was saying there's another realm that has that has existed, but it has been hid. It's, it's been a mystery since the beginning of the ages because we didn't know about it. So Jesus wasn't just coming to save souls from going to hell. He was coming to show people how to live, how to deal, how to live days of heaven on the earth. In fact, in the Lord's Prayer, a statement that stands out says, Thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. That has always been God the Father's will. That earth functions and performs. That earth mirrors what happens in heaven. So when Jesus walked the surface of the earth, on numerous occasions, he bypassed the classical realm and operated in the quantum realm, healing the sick, raising the dead, walking in water, many other miracles. And one of the things to say that he made a statement that if you say it in, a, in many Christian circles today, it still sounds blasphemous. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. And he was saying that, guys, I've just shown you the tip of the iceberg. You should be able to do what I've shown you and even do greater things than what I've done. But in a lot of Christian circles, this statement sounds blasphemous. And I think this has caused one of the biggest problems between people who rely on logic, people who see the world through a purely scientific lens and reasoning with failing to agree with a lot of biblical principles because they are, they are basically saying 
show me the money. They're putting Christians on the spot and saying, you have talked about this power. This God who has power. Showcase the power. And it does happen. You know, mainstream media may not want to televise it, but if you really look for it, these miracles that are still happening, but it is not to the same degree that it was ubiquitous during uh, the time when Jesus walked on the surface of the earth. It's not. So you have a lot of people say, okay, you talk about it, show me. But the problem is that even Christians have refused to get a to get a grasp of how to partake in the divine inheritances of the quantum realm. A lot of Christians don't believe in divine healing themselves. So their first call to action, their first instinct is to go to, to a doctor. Again, I say it, which is not bad, but Jesus was basically saying, hey, you could be in a situation where you can't afford a $100,000 surgery. Your insurance can't pay for it. Come through me, come. Let me give you a born again spirit. You can tap into divine healing and be healed of a disease the doctors say has no cure, or maybe it's going to put your family into bankruptcy. And you will receive it for free. And what does it take? Faith, the force field of faith. So we say that one of the main ways Jesus entered and operated into the quantum realm was through speaking. We said he spoke to situations, spoke to sicknesses, spoke to disease. He spoke to the fig tree. So he spoke to vegetation. He spoke to the storms. He said, he said, be still. Hold your peace. Spoke to the storms. So one of the main ways that he entered and operated into this quantum realm was through speaking. Well, what was he speaking? is basically where we were trying to, uh, to arrive at in the last episode. Because by speaking, we, we, we had kind of converged to, to this point that by speaking, he put in motion or activated a special force field. And this force field is called the force of faith. So we enter the quantum spirit realm the way we enter the quantum spirit realm is by a force field called faith. And we say that in the quantum physics realm, one way of tapping into the realm is, is through what is commonly now known as the observer effect, which is the intent of the observer brings something into reality, into being, a particle that you don't see somehow picks up a particle that you don't see when you zoomed out, but when you start to zoom in to some locations, a particle that you may not see at that location as your focus, as your intent is intensified to pick up on it, on the particle, 
it picks up on your intent to observe it at a certain location and reacts to that. So your intent, the intensity of your intent, your focus, causes it to come from several possible locations into the specific location that you're observing it from. So then we started to dive into the force field of faith and we say, what is the force field of faith and how is it activated? And we, we discuss and say the force field of faith has two key components to it. There's the belief component of the force field of faith, which is, a, which is in a sense, in essence, this is like the observer effect and it pulls a particle that exists in a sea of unlimited possibilities and brings it into focus. It sort of separates this specific possibility. It isolates it and brings it front and center. So we say that the belief component, the way you can, the way you need to think about it is like a signal, signal transmitter. It sends out a signal at a specific frequency and you, and you, the receiver must receive it at the same frequency to be able to make that connection. So likewise, with the belief component of the force field of faith, believing in something isolates it and sort of causes a transmission line or connection to be set up. And then we say it again, think of this like a bridge. So you are standing on one side of the ocean. You want to cut across the ocean to pick up something from the other side. So you, in a sense, create a bridge. So the first field, the, the belief system, the belief component creates this bridge between where you are standing in a limited classical realm and it connects you to the realm of unlimited possibilities. So there's a bridge that is created and how you create this bridge to basically transmit the signal is through the belief system, the belief component. And we say the higher the capacity of this bridge, the higher the strength of the materials needed. So we say that you enter the spirit quantum realm when you want to transact from the from quantum faith, you need to build this bridge. And we said that this, this bridge here that we're talking about, the belief component, the way you build it, the way you build this bridge is in your born again human spirit. That is where the signal strength is built. Okay? Stay tight. Stay with me here. And I said, now, of course, there are hindrances to your signal strength. And if you aren't able to overcome them, you will not be able to transact from that spirit realm. And I said the main hindrance to this is another force that operates on the same wavelength, but in an opposite direction. And it's called the force of fear. Fear is a force that paralyzes us. Fear is the worst. Fear is the is the worst and still 
number one epidemic that has ever befallen mankind. The number one killer of dreams, destinies, desires, and passions, and intents, and progress to move forward is by the, this force called fear. I say fear is the opposite of faith. And I say that fear contaminated is faith. No, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. And where do we see this example? I said the fear stops us from making transactions from the realm of all possibilities, the realm where Jesus said, with man it's impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Because we have a scenario when Peter walked on the water. The scripture says, as he was walking on the water, when he looked around, basically to be like, wow, am I really doing this? He saw the waves, the ocean waves around him, boisterous. And then it says, fearing, he began to sink. So fear, he entertained fear for about, let me say, one or two seconds. And that dropped him down back into the realm of classical physics. And he started to sink. Isn't that really powerful? Wow. So fear is what Satan uses to stop us from partaking in this divine inheritance of the realm of all possibilities. It's what he uses. He uses fear. And one of the fears that we spoke about is one of the things that the Savior Jesus Christ saved us humanity from was the bondage of the fear of death. There's a scripture that say that Christ delivered them, God's children, who throughout all their lives had been held in the bondage of fear of death. So that's another, probably the most, the number one fear is the fear of death. And then we talked about a little bit of that and if you're dealing with that kind of fear i know that i used to have that kind of fear and when you have the fear of death it paralyzes you you almost feel like it's like there's always that question lingering in the back of your mind you see, I am not, I am not afraid of dying anymore. I am not scared. In fact, like Paul, we saw Paul, the apostle Paul saying that he was writing a letter to the Philippians church in Philippi and said, I'm in a strait between two. He said, for me to leave is Christ for me to die is gain. Why? This is because I'll go be with Jesus Christ. And Paul, the apostle, endured so much persecution that they wanted to kill him, but they were just like, it's why waste, why waste time killing a guy who's already ready to die? So the reason why Paul, the apostle, 
ended up writing two thirds of the new covenant, the new Testament of the Bible was because he had been delivered from the fear of death. Because he knew that we are a three part being. You are a spirit who lives in a body and you have a soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. That, that's where your character is. But you are a spirit being. And your body is just a shell. Again, in some previous episodes, I've spoken about how when we have astronauts and we're sending them to space, to the moon, to the International Space Station, they have to wear a space suit. Likewise, when spirits come onto this earth in order to be effective, to basically exist in this ecosystem, they need an earth suit. Our earth suit is our physical body. So for me, once I understood that, and I know that if I died, I'm going to be in a far glorious place. So Satan can't use the fear of death on me anymore. I'm liberated. I'm free. And besides, I've had a really, really close um, encounter with almost passing away. Um, hopefully one day I get a chance to talk about it on the show. But um, it was basically the turning point for my faith, actually, when it, it really forced me to believe, what do I really believe in? But anyways, one of the most popular scriptures common, that is also common, popular mangas, pretty much all believers, everyone, every Christian believer likes to quote this scripture is from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, and it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given us that spirit of fear. It's not from him. Fear is from Satan. These basically, God and, God and Satan operate using two separate currencies. God operates using faith, the force field of faith, Satan operates using the force field of fear. Satan uses fear, God uses faith. So they're always kind of batting heads. They're always batting heads. They don't mix. One of the most com popular, one of the most common phrases in all of the Bible are phrases like, do not fear, be not afraid, Fear not. So many times when people had encounters with angels, our divine, other divine beings or, or things of nature, all throughout scripture, it appears so many times. Everywhere you read, it says, fear not. Um, do not be afraid. Or, yeah, do not be afraid. Fear not, or do not fear. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So that's what we know. So I really encourage you not to entertain fear. So one of, one of the really cool things when you really start to understand these things, for me, 
every time there is a fear that I have in an area, it just means that there is a faith that a faith that I can exert in that same pressure point that the fear is coming from. Your breakthrough is where your fear is at. The area where you fear the most is the area where Satan is holding captive your breakthrough. If you are afraid of standing out to talk in front of crowds, there's a good possibility, chance that maybe there's a gift of public speaking that Satan doesn't want you to explore. If you are fearful of math or, or just stupid fears, there's probably over 1 million phobias out there. People are scared of everything. People are fearful of everything. But the spirit of fear is not from God. He says it. He's very clear about it. So I urge you to use it as a tactic. Every time you're scared or afraid or worried, that normally means that there is an opposite direction that you can go. And you just have to turn it around and be like, okay, if I'm scared of this, that means I should do that. Because fear is not from God. So Satan is putting up the spirit of fear to oppress me and cause me not to move in a certain direction that God would want me to move in. So it's a very good discernment tactic. So then we started talking about the second component of the force field of faith which was the speaking component. The speaking component. And we say, speaking activates the signal transmission that you built. Do you remember the, the, the signal that you built up with the belief system within your human spirit, born again human spirit? Once you built up that faith, now, it's time to release that faith. And how do you do it? We said you activate the force field of faith by speaking. That's how even God created the universe. The signal within him had been built up so strong that when it was time to activate it, he transmitted it by speaking. And we say, we see Jesus, the first begotten son, when he came onto this earth, he showed us that, guys, this is how things are done. This is how you activate this force field of faith. That's why he was speaking to everything. But we say, in order to even conceptualize the words spoken by God at the beginning of creation, words like, let there be light, or light be, let there be a firmament, and let it do this, and let it do this. We need to first look at some low-level examples in our own world today and see if words really have the power to change physical matter. So just like scientists, before they take an experiment, before they can take an experiment of a certain theory outside and apply it at an industrial level, they first test it, the theory, in an ideal environment. So 
before we can really even wrap our minds, can God's word saying light be really start shifting matter? Can it cause spiritual things to come out of the realm of all possibilities into the physical, natural realm that we see with our eyes, with our five senses? That's what we're going to dive in more today. And I'm excited. Sela. A friend was with me fishing one time, and, and he kept saying, there's not any fish in here. He said, said, there's not any fish on this side of the lake. We were fishing the lake. He's fishing one side, and I was fishing the other. It was wading water. It was shallow lake. And uh, so it, all the way down there to the fishing deal, he was telling me, that I know you're going to catch a lot of fish, but I never catch any fish. I just never can catch fish. Well. I finally said to him, let's trade sides of the lake. So he started walking over to my side, and I started walking over to his side. A bass came out of the water that looked like he weighed five or six pounds and started and jumped about six or eight feet to the side of the lake I was going to. And he said, now they're all going to your side of the lake. And, and I just held it as long as I could. I said, I don't blame them. I wouldn't stay over there with all that unbelief either. I'd go where there's some, some uh, positive things being released. That's and right. I just stopped and, and taught him a little bit on the power of words. I said, one of your problems is, is your mouth. You're speaking doubt, fear, and unbelief, and it creates it. It causes him to do things to cause it to happen. But uh, it does, faith creates an aura around you, and it'll draw the blessing of God, uh, and, and the curses will run off of you like water off a duck's back. That's right. So welcome back to, this is still episode eight, and we are talking about quantum faith meets quantum physics. We've already spoken about uh, the two main components of the force field of faith, the belief system, and now we were just talking about the speaking component, that speaking is what activates the signal transmission. We activate the force field of faith, that signal that we built up with our belief component, we activate it or we, we transmit it, we kick, we kickstart the transmission of that signal to go and pull the thing out of the realm of all possibilities into our realm by speaking. So we've determined that to enter, that our entry into the quantum spirit realm is by creating a false field of faith, which is first created by belief and then activated by words. So let us first revisit some fundamental definitions of the word faith from scripture. And this is taken out of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. If you're a believer, you've probably had this so many times. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then in verse 3, it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. Hmm. That could be a little blind to us. Let us look at another translation. This is from the Amplified Classic. It says, Now faith is the assurance, it's the confirmation, it's the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. 
So we don't see them, but faith is a proof of, it's, it's, there's an assurance. This faith thing is like an assurance, and it's also a proof of things we do not see with our natural eyes, but we can see with the spiritual eyes, with a born-again spirit, and the conviction of their reality. Hmm. So there's a conviction that yes, there's a conviction that we built up, that we build up in our belief system. It doesn't say faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. That's very, very interesting. Then, of course, it goes into saying in verse three, by faith, we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed. They were fashioned. They were put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. So that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Hmm. That's very, very interesting. It says, we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. So it's saying that the worlds that we live in today, they were fashioned by the word of God. They were fashioned by the word of God when he was speaking. It also says by faith, that is with an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God. We understand that the worlds, the universe, the ages were framed and created. They were formed, they were put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. Hmm. So that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. It's basically just saying what you see came out of the invisible realm. Hmm. Very interesting. So faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Let us first talk about that. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not perceived to the senses. So it's basically saying we can't discern this realm of all possibilities with our natural senses, we can only discern this realm of all possibilities by faith. Hmm. That's very interesting. We can't discern the, this realm of what we do not see with our five senses. You cannot discern the invisible realm, the spiritual realm, with your five senses, you cannot discern. You can't see it with your eyes. You can't touch it. You can't hear it. You can't smell it. You can't taste it. There's a limitation. That is what Jesus was. That's why he came. That's the point I've been trying to make. That Jesus was saying, I've come to give you a way of classical limitations. Your physical bodies are limiting you. 
There is a tool, there's a system, there's something that you were born with that if we just renew and give you a software upgrade, so to say, a software update, a spiritual update to a born again spirit, you will start to discern things that are in their invisible realm. There's so many things even on this planet that exist, but we cannot discern them with our eyes. But don't tell me just because you can't see it, it doesn't exist. There's so many forces we do not see, but they are in motion every day and we wouldn't disqualify their existence because we can't see them. You can't see gravity. You can't see electricity. You can't see upthrust force. You can't see the force pulling two opposite magnets together. You can't. Every time you get into this is one of the things I don't really like is every time you get into spiritual contacts, people are so quick to disqualify spiritual laws because they can't see them. But when it comes to physical things, no one disqualifies gravity. The spirit realm of God is closed off. You see, gravity, we all experience gravity. We all experience electricity. Those force fields are not closed off. They are available to everyone. The realm of all possibilities that is controlled by God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, this realm is closed off. I'm sorry, because Satan kept on corrupting God's creation, so God had to make it exclusive. So you cannot experience God on the outside unless he really decides to reveal himself to you. Now, it has happened to some people who became Christians and believers in God because he supernaturally manifested himself to them. You know, you hear stories of people like, I've seen Jesus. They're like, he showed up in my room. And I believe them. But God doesn't operate like that. He has his own realm. The realm of all possibilities. And in order to access it, he put a gateway through Jesus. It's through getting a born-again spirit that is incorruptible. I mean, does everybody enter a rocket and go to space? No. You see, everything that we do on this planet, the way 
we have rules, regulations in this, all our procedures and everything. If you've studied how God does things for long enough, you will realize that everything we do on this planet is mapped according to how things are done in heaven. So, if I went to the um, Kennedy, the NASA headquarters, the, 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 the Kennedy whatever, and I say, oh, I want to be the next person to be in the rocket that is going to the space station. They'll look at me as crazy. They'll say, sir, first of all, we have a criteria to get in. You need to study, you need to be trained, you need to practice and practice and practice. That's what they would tell me. There's a training for you to become an astronaut before you go into another hemisphere. Access to some locations has is not open to everybody. It's not that God doesn't want you to experience it. He's saying, I've put a password. The password is Jesus. If you accept him as your savior, you're basically coming in and saying, I want access to the realm. They say, who do you know? I'm with Jesus. It's as simple as that. Anybody can say it. Anybody can do it. And then you start to experience the realm of all possibilities. People think God is this, is this person that is just holding everybody like he's he's. Is this guy that is, is is just holding things with a tight fist and he doesn't want humanity to find out or maybe he's hiding things? No. The scripture says, if he spared not his own son and delivered him to us, how will he then with him not freely give us all things? The kingdom of God is the most just, is the most merciful, loving uh, kingdom that has ever existed. Everything operates by truth. Everything operates by humility. There is no information that is hidden. There is no ill will. There is no pride. There is whatever you want, you can get access to. It's just that they have to keep out the bad guy who has corrupted this planet, this universe, Satan. So, to most people, if they can't see it, taste it, hear it, smell it, touch it, it doesn't exist. It's not real. And it always it's very interesting to me that this this always happens the moment you get into spiritual territory. It's like, oh, are you crazy to think that there is a God? Oh, how do you know? Well, how do you know that there is gravity? You experience it. 
I experience God. How do you know that there's electricity? Well, I experience it. I use it. How do you know that there's a God? Because I experience him with my spirit. I have a spirit. I'm a three-part being. I'm a spirit being that lives in a body and has a soul. I experience God. I enter into the realm of all possibilities. I enter into his spiritual world with my spirit. The scripture says God is spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He is a spirit being. The scripture also calls him the father of all spirits. That's God's communication line. If you want to communicate with God, you do it spiritually. You don't do it with your senses. Once in a while, he might manifest and communicate with you that way. And you may have a vision or your natural eyes could be open up. It's, it's one of the things that's called the gift of the spirit where God basically allows you to look into the spirit realm with your natural eyes. But he doesn't do that for everybody. Where you, with your natural eyes, you will actually see things happening in the spirit realm. So God does that. So then, most people want to first discern God with their five senses before they can believe his existence. That's a separate problem. So it begs to ask, if you can't see it, but you still want to take advantage of it, of this realm of all possibilities, the quantum spirit realm, how then can we transact in this world? How can human beings transact from the quantum spirit realm, the realm that Jesus says, with man, what you're trying to do, it's impossible. But if you come over to God or through God, all things are possible. How can we as human beings purchase divine healing, so to speak? How can human beings receive ideas from God? How can human beings bypass things like mental illness? How can human beings deal with experience being genuinely happy and satisfied with their lives without being the richest person, without being the most beautiful person, without having the best physique. How, how do we do this? You see, the same way we run to the first principles of a theory, like Einstein, Einstein's theories, or Newton's laws, and see the principles that govern their theories, we go to the person that told us about this theory. To understand E is equal to MC squared or to understand Newton's laws of motion, you go to the records that Newton wrote. That's where you first read and understand and get knowledge of those principles in the theory. So we need some information on this force field of faith. 
on what it can do and what it can't do. And this information's got to come. This information has to come from somewhere, right? I mean, how am I going to make it? How am I going to make transactions in a world or from a world, the spirit world that I can't see? I need some information. Take online shopping. If I go into Amazon, I can't technically or physically. This is a very good example. Think of it. Think of this. So if I go online shopping, this guy go to Amazon. Technically, or I can't, I cannot technically or physically see these things. I just see images. Like, I don't see the actual product. I see an image of the product. Hmm. However, my trust to go ahead and make a purchase comes from some data points. Ooh, this is good. So technically, I can't see the product, but I go on there and my trust to go ahead and make the purchase and say, add to cart, proceed to payment, checkout, comes from some data points. I see a picture of these items. I read reviews. That's all I get. That is all I get. So we can see that for the most part of this transaction, the biggest proponent is trust. It's a trust transaction. Right? It's a trust transaction. You cannot physically see these products. You can't. But you're relying on some data points. You're relying on a review that someone actually bought the product and they used it and they say they liked it or they didn't like it. You see a picture of this item. That's all you get. So online shopping is built on trust. It's a trust transaction. So likewise, in the faith realm, I need data. I need information about what is in this realm that Jesus says, with God, all things are possible. And then I can go ahead and make some transactions. Where does our trust come from? It comes from the Bible, the word of God. The Bible, which is the ordained word of God, gives thousands of different use cases that give us insight on what kind of purchases are available to us. As far as we know, the Bible is our main reference for what faith can do for what we can purchase using this force field of faith. Now, these other records supporting documents and records to the Bible, but 
the books, the main books that we see in the Bible are God-breathed. They're written through prophets. These are the ones that were written by, that were written by people who were directly communicating with God. Anyways, the Bible gives me the information that I need to start making these purchases, these transactions. I heard a funny statement. Someone said, the reason most Christians don't get their prayers answered is that they don't stick within the confines of the data or information given to them by the Word of God. The Word of God is a manual, it's a tool, it's a reference guide to what you can purchase from God's realm of all possibilities. If you order for anything that the Bible says you can order for or is available, you will get it delivered. You will receive your delivery. You will receive your package. In fact, it is so guaranteed that in Mark chapter 11, the gospel of Mark chapter 11, Jesus said this. He said, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. He's saying the minute, it's just like Amazon. If you go in there and we're selling their product and you place a purchase, proceed to cart, I mean add to cart, proceed to checkout, boom, complete transaction, believe that you receive it. It's coming to you. Now, in God's kingdom, sometimes you receive it that same minute, could be an hour, two hours, a couple of days, a week, a month, a year. There's ways in which God in which God does his things. These specific reasons that factor in that come into play when you talk about delivery of the thing that you purchased through prayer. So the Bible gives me the information that I need. So as far as we know, the Bible is our main reference for what we can purchase from this realm of all possibilities with faith. And that's why one of the definitions we read said, faith is the assurance. It's the title deed. It's a confirmation of your purchase. If you find it in the word of God, that is your title deed. That's, the, that's your purchase receipt that you need of whatever you're hoping for. It says faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. Meaning if God guarantees it in his word, you can go ahead and place a purchase, baby. You can go ahead and make the purchase. Add to cart, proceed to checkout, boom. So another interesting thing 
comes, another interesting point comes from Romans chapter 10, 17, that says, so then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Basically, to dumb it down, he's saying, your force field of faith will be built upon what you have heard from the word of God. Your faith is built upon the guaranteed confirmation, the divinely guaranteed information from the word of God. That is where you build your faith. If it is in the word of God, your faith can take hold of it. Your force field of faith can be built upon that. But it's got to be in the word of God. So, since faith is force field of faith, the belief part of it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, we can also say the word of God is the assurance. It's the title deed. It's the confirmation of things hoped for that we do not see. The word of God now becomes the assurance. It's like the catalog of what's available to us. It's the title deed. It's the confirmation of things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see. Guys, just, just just think of it like the illustration that I use with Amazon. When you go into Amazon, all you're doing is e-commerce runs on a is a trust transaction. When you go into Amazon to make to place your order, you do not physically see the item. You do not touch it, in fact. You can't touch it with your eyes. I mean, you can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't touch it, you can't feel it, you can't hear it, you can't smell it. But you go off reviews and maybe the pictures that are available. So the biggest proponent of this transaction, in fact, this whole transaction is built on trust. Trust built on the pictures you saw and the reviews you read. Likewise, the spirit world, what is available to us is built, the, the, the evidence we have is the word of God. The word of God tells us this is what is available in the spirit realm. In the spirit realm, there is divine healing. That's how we know because it says it in the word of God. In the spirit realm, you don't have to be oppressed with mental illness. You can purchase it. It's what the word of God says. In the, in the spirit realm, you can extend the days of your life. You can live until you're 120. The word of God is that assurance. It's the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, being the proof of things we do not see. We don't see them with our natural eyes, but the proof comes from the word of God. What is not revealed to our senses? The word of God comprehends as a fact what cannot be experienced by physical senses. Sela, we'll have to pick up from here in the next episode. Thank you. This was episode eight 
of Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. In the next episode, we'll continue building upon the two pillars that govern how we interact with each other in our everyday lives. Every transaction and every interaction in our world today is based upon two things, words and trust. The fundamental principles of technologies like blockchain and cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin that are shaking up the status quo are built on two things, words and trust. Turns out God knew something about words and trust when he created this universe, when he, re- when he used them as the primary keys for transacting. In the next episode, we shall dive into more of this. Your host for today was Calvin Cabanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.